Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I'm Will Anderson from the title of the podcast. Becky, you can eat your bum me. <laughs> Becky Lucas. I don't normally do the intros while the person is here, but today, because we're going to try to put this uh, podcast up immediately, uh, we're trying to save time. So normally what I do is we record the podcast and then about two weeks later when the podcast is actually going to go up, I get a panic message from somebody saying, hey, can you do the intro? And then it's just an intro where I'm basically shouting at myself about my comedy festival show not being ready. That's normally how it works. But the good news is that we're halfway through the comedy festival and my comedy festival show is actually ready. Uh, there are 10 shows to go when you're hearing this. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday will be pretty much sold out by the time that you hear this. But the weekend, you can come on this weekend. But anyway, 10 shows to go, selling fast, getting good reviews. It's it's up and about now. So if you've been waiting to uh, for it to get good before you came along, it's good now. So you can come along and see that. Uh, today's guest is Becky Lucas. This was an amazing chat I had with Becky. See, I'm normally reflecting <laughs> Becky on what's going on. Becky's eating her bum me while I'm doing this. And she's a bit nervous about it. She's a bit self-conscious about eating her bum me into the microphone. Just don't eat it into the microphone. You're not in this bit yet. You're, okay. not, you're not meant to be responding. All you're right. meant to be not here. It's hard. It's quite smelly. What right. What do you have in your bun me? It's a pork meatball. Pork meatball. Yeah, it's yeah meatball. okay. It's quite fragrant. No, I'm vegetarian. Oh. Anyway, uh, so Becky Lucas is unreal. She's uh, one of my favorite people in comedy. I'm very much looking forward to this episode. She is doing her show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. But here's the thing, suckers. It's all sold out, you idiots. Except here's the good news. She's put on some new shows. So that's how it works in comedy. If the shows sell out, uh, people put on new shows. I have not uh, run into that problem yet, this comedy festival, but if you want to create that problem for me, people, I'd be very happy with that. Uh, Becky Lucas uh, is a brilliant uh, young comedian, uh, and she is absolutely starring all over the place now. I assume, because I have not done the research, but I assume that she's probably going to the Sydney Comedy Festival to do a show there and probably a whole bunch of other places as well. She probably has a website or a Facebook <laughs> page or a Snapchat or an Instagram or like a oh my God. Bumble. I don't really know what young people are into, but she probably has some of those things where you can find her dates. Just type Becky Lucas into the internet and you know stand up comedy and find out when she's going to be near you and go and see her. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, big thanks to Mike Hell, who edits it together. Big thanks to Podcast Mike, who does all the booking, makes it happen, and is currently outside this studio working actually on his own real proper actual job, but has still managed to come in here and turn on the button to record this because despite a decade in radio, I don't know how to turn on a button to record something. So anyway, there you go, Becky. Was that enough time for you to eat your bun me? And oh, it, was good. it was good to get a couple of bites in. A couple of bites. Yep, That's so what you need. That's all you need in life is a couple of bites. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Becky Lucas. Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I'm Will Anderson from the title of the podcast. Uh, this is how the podcast starts. I ask my guest uh, who they are. Now, if you've listened to the intro, you've already heard who they are. And for the first time ever, they were actually in the intro. doesn't really <laughs> normally happen like that. But anyway, we'll still do it the same way as usual. Uh, who are you? I'm Becky Lucas. Uh, yeah. What do I have to say more about it? Like, just not just my name. Is it like, what, who am I? <laughs> Are you going quiet so I keep talking? Yeah, cool. that was exactly what um, I was doing. <laughs> I it was that. a classic interview yeah. technique, Becky, where yeah. uh, I just like to pause for a second to see if people feel in more information after they say their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So There's I'm no Becky requirement. Lucas and I'm uh, <laughs> addicted to eating paint. <laughs> 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 you got it out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm a comedian. 
Um, and that's about it, really. Okay. Uh, now, Becky, uh, uh, thank you very much for doing the podcast for a start. Thanks for having me. Uh, we were talking briefly about Barn Me, but I don't want to spoil that uh, mm-hmm. amazing content for the actual podcast. So yep. talk us through your Barn Me. You're a Barn Me lover. I love Barn Me, yeah. I think it's a great sandwich. Um, it's just a very flavorful sandwich because I think often with a sandwich, you're, you're dealing with a lot of bread. It's like mostly bread and then... The filling, it's not enough filling to kind of cut through the bread. So it's like you've got this crispy, you know, quite slim bread situation. And then you've just got flavor, you've got chili, you've got carrot, you've got sauces, pate. I mean, it's just, it's great. No, I'm a barn me lover myself. All right. So why did you make me fucking explain what barn me is? Well, I mean, there might be people (laughs) listening to this who don't enjoy a barn me. Really? Who don't know a barn me. Barn me to me is very Sydney. Really? Do you think? I mean, I've seen a lot of Barmy. Not originally. Here now. You do understand that, right? Really? Oh, I mean, yeah, I know Viet- <laughs> Vietnam and all that. Charlie to the left, Charlie to the right. I get it. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I just see it like a very Marrickville thing. Uh, I, I like a sandwich in general. Are you? A, were you raised? I love sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's what that's an area of interest to me. So, yeah. are you a make your own sandwich at home sort of person, or are you just purely a buy a sandwich in public person? Oh, both. I'd have to say both. Okay. Were you? What did you have when you used to come home from school? Yeah. I, I, my mum always used to make sandwiches, mm, so like, I've been raised on sandwiches. Yeah. White bread. Yeah. Traditional white bread sandwiches. Yeah. Although I, I wasn't. I reckon we were very much in your sort of, you know, cheese and salad and uh, lunch and meats. Yeah. A lot of lunch and meats. Yeah. But I, I would even love up. like a jam sandwich and a Milo after school. It was like, oh, so good. I mean, I didn't really go for a jam sandwich and Milo until I started smoking pot in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, cool. But when I was a kid, it wasn't really my thing. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it, that combo, that sweet. Oh. And then I see my sister, like my little sisters are of that generation. They had... Like my dad, I guess, had money when he had them, and uh, and they had a mum that sort of really cared about their diet, um, and they had would have like sushi and blueberries and acai bowls and shit after school. It's like I wonder what that's done for them. I wonder where I could be if I had good food after school instead of a jam sandwich. I mean, I see kids at like you know at a sushi train or whatever yeah and there's like all these toddlers and they know exactly what they want yeah and they're pulling it off themselves and they're able to eat it all themselves and i'm like i remember when i was at university yeah and like i was 20 and i first went to a japanese restaurant oh yeah the first sushi roll you're like california (laughs) california roll (laughs) do i dare (laughs) but it did it felt all like completely foreign to me yeah Yeah, particularly having grown up in the country i'm a big salad sandwich person. Mm-hmm. Like being a vegetarian, my salad sandwich is yeah. my go-to. And what would you go with? Would you go a hummus on there? Like would, what kind of lubrication are you using? No, no, no. I like uh, to keep uh, the sauces spicy. Okay. So I'm not going to waste like some sort of sogginess in my sandwich okay. based on, well, here's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I like white bread. I'm yeah. not going to go past the white Love bread. white bread. But I'm talking proper white bread. Like, yeah. you know. Crispy on the outside. Yeah. Soft. Yeah, exactly. Like bakery. Just, yeah, Baker's Delight. Baker's Delight. <laughs> go to Baker's Delight. Get the whitest white bread that you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, oh. Sandwich cut, not toast cut. Yeah. 
because here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put an extra piece of bread in the middle of the sandwich. Yeah. It's your triple, triple bunger because you need that for okay. construction otherwise. I don't love this. Right, I'm well, hearing it and I yeah. don't love it, but I'm willing to hear you out. So well, essentially going. it's like two sandwiches. Are but you buttering using... both sides now at this point? In the middle? Yeah. Oh, the middle piece you butter both sides. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, obviously... I don't butter both sides of the outside bits. That'd oh, be a slippery sandwich. Yeah. Well, I'm into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's so I can get all the different levels of salad that I want to get into that sandwich. Okay. I need sort of two layers to it. Okay. That's my go-to. So what's your go-to sandwich these um, days? I do love like a, it's really hard to walk past a, I mean, you're vegetarian, so mm. you're not going to connect with this, but I love a Reuben. Oh, okay. I've got really good sandwich. But if I'm making it myself, I just go, I really just love a, um, Tomato, salt, pepper on the tomato, buttered both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, some cucumber, uh, and maybe a nice salami. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, and yeah. a cheese, a Swiss cheese or something. I mean, I Yarlsberg. could literally. Oh, Yarlsberg. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, get some Yarlsberg in there. All right, nice. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's so speaking my linguini. I could literally talk about this for the next hour and a half. Yeah. But uh, I imagine there would be some people who'd be like, "You've wasted your opportunity to do this podcast with Becky." So yeah, but maybe it's like a sleep aid. Do you think people use this as a sleep aid? Well, I'm, I'm aware that they do, <laughs> unfortunately. A lot of people do say, that. oh, yeah, I listen to the first third as yeah. I go to sleep. Yeah, that's great. Uh, really got to sleep quickly when you went with a minute and a half of sandwich talk yeah, off yeah, the top yeah. of this one. Well, now let's get into our careers. Uh, so <laughs> That'll really put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah, describe each year of your career <laughs> yeah. as the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. um, tell me this. Uh, I ask people on this podcast whether they have a philosophy towards something. Mm-hmm. So, do you? Um, I've been. I was trying to think of this because I knew you'd asked me, mm. um, and I found it very hard to not come up with something that sounded corny because I feel like every philosophy has been taken. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think in general, you know, like be yourself or da da da. Even though they they sound corny because they've been sort of written on pillows and decorative things in IKEA. Like, I think, you know, it's hard to say something without it sounding like I've heard that before. But I think if it was going to be something that helped me on a day-to-day basis, my philosophy is um, that it's okay to have taste because I think a lot of people, especially in our industry, don't have taste. And I think that's always been like it's okay to not like things. Uh, so I, I like this already. This okay. this is intriguing to me. So mm-hmm. explain to me a little bit more about what you mean by that. So... um. So the example I always use is, and I, and I feel so bad because someone tweeted this and I don't know who tweeted it, but I remember thinking that's an incredible point that he said, how shit would rap music be if Biggie Smalls and Tupac or the West and the East were nice to each other because they wanted to be booked on each other's shows. Right. Like that, that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like that kind of, that animosity and that like, no, this is what we like. This is what we do. And, uh, that, you know, that culture, uh, is what created really great different music. And I think it's okay to, uh, and another f- mutual friend of ours, Sophie Brahm, I remember she said to me, uh, it's okay to chip away at stuff you don't like, or like to not, to not like something is good because it means that when you're making your thing, you know what you don't want to do. So over your life, you're trying to figure out what it is that you do like. And it's, I think where it's taught like, oh, don't criticize or don't be mean about, and you should, you don't have to be mean, but I just think. Um, oh, you don't have to, I think there's, hurtful. well, you don't have to tell them. Exactly. Like <laughs> You can just tell yourself. Or, you know, I think there is some great value in, in, until you can work out 
what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. Working out, eliminating things that you don't like yeah. can at least get you somewhere in the direction, right? Exactly. So if you're like, well, this is the sort of co- comedian I want to be or this is the sort of TV presenter I want to be or yeah. this is the sort of gardener I want to be, yeah. by looking at other examples of people doing that, yeah. sometimes you can just go, well, I don't want to be – I don't want to be one of those gardeners who plants like roses, roses, roses. Like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. obvious. Yeah, I get it, mate. It's Valentine's Day yeah. every day. If there's any gardeners listening right now, they're going to know you know nothing about gardening. No, no. <laughs> I, I had a That's go. such a clear example of not knowing someone's realm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you can be like gyms. <laughs> yeah. You know, gyms, gyms mowing. You're like, yes, well, yes. I, don't, I don't want to be a chain. No. Yeah. I don't want to be in the chain gardening business. Yeah. I want to have my own. Again, I know nothing about gardening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, you threw in a reference. You're going for it. I get it. Um, but yeah, I the defining things mm. by what what you're not, or making things as response, making art, yeah, as a response to bad art. Yeah, the bad art is part of that process. Then totally, it, yeah, it can be the very thing of going. I want to make this style of comedy mm. because I am rebelling against this sort of mainstream idea of comedy. For example, well. That sort of rebelling doesn't happen without the mainstream. Exactly, existing. you need it. It's like um, the left can't exist without the right, and vice versa. Mm. Like Trump might not have happened, you know, without left. It, it's, it's weird. It's like you, they both have to exist. I really like that. So, uh, how do you then? How does that manifest in your life? I mean, my my point was like before I started comedy, I was very um, opinionated. Can you can you imagine me? Oh, I can't. I actually can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but, but all very... those rough edges have been sandpapered <laughs> off, and now you're Fuck a off. real people pleaser. <laughs> Shut up, mate. Um, no, I think that yeah. Before I was like very happy to to say that I didn't like something or I'd. Whatever, but um, <clears throat> when you get into comedy, I think you're suddenly in this world where you want to impress people and you're clambering up this ladder, I guess. And um, it, because it's such a small industry, you, I maybe end up doing stuff that you wouldn't normally do, or you know, saying yes to things. And then it's only just I've only just gotten it back where I can now suddenly feel like I can be a bit more like discerning. And I'm like, no, I don't like that, or I don't want to do that, or I don't think that's good, or. And I just feel so much better and it's helped my comedy as well because I feel like I'm trusting my instincts more. There's a uh, even another bit of that that will come one day in your future at some mm. stage, but uh, that I've seen both in my own life and, Uh-oh. you know, with... Is it unemployment? <laughs> because you're too rude. <laughs> uh, no, is the point where regardless of you being the person who wanted to be like, we're going to burn the system down and we're going to do this new mm. thing and we're going to, you know, well, I mean, I'm forge not doing our own path. No, but I'm Definitely. just saying, yeah. as, you know, as, as an example, yeah, sure. in whatever way that manifests itself, yeah. you know. Because I hope people don't like, like, I mean, I'm sure there's girls starting comedy that hate me and hate what I do and think I'm a Oh, th- there are. I've had several on the podcast. <laughs> oh, in fact, they asked if I could mention it when I had you on. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> They're all heroes of yours too, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they... Uh, you become the thing. I had someone, a, a, a kind of colleague of mine, you know, mm. someone who's been doing this the same, who was complaining recently about younger performers not being respectful of, you know, our place in the mm. industry and what we'd done. And I was just like, Why mate, should they? I'd be mad at them if they... Exactly. That's what you're meant to do. Well, you're meant to come in and be young and think you know everything and try new things and think the old way is stupid. That's exactly what yeah. every generation is meant to do. That's what someone on the radio the other day was like, you know, these kids, um, they used to be out there like being crazy and rebelling and stuff. And now they just, 
they're all triggered and this and that. And it's like, that is them rebelling. Yeah. That's, if they were doing what you wanted to do, then they would be, they wouldn't be rebelling. The fact that they're pissing you off by making you learn the correct pronouns and stuff, that is them doing it. Like, you know, do you, well, does that make yeah, sense? Well, yeah, they're rebelling against the man. Sure. What the person who's saying it is doesn't realize is they've become the man. Yeah. Right? Exactly. They're like, why can't you just be normal mm. and, and act the way we rebelled? Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Like, I get it. I get why it would frustrate you. <laughs> but if, if you're using your logic, yeah. then you're an idiot because like, they are rebelling. They're yeah, pissing they, you off. <laughs> they are trying to subvert the paradigm and you've become the paradigm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny. A, I like that. I think yeah. that's a really great perspective. You've never struck me as somebody who pulled many punches, to be honest. So it surprises me even to learn that you think that you do. Well, I don't think I do. What do you mean? Sorry, can you explain? Well, that? when you say that you know before comedy, you used to have like a lot of really firm opinions about things, yeah. and then somehow you think that since you've started doing comedy, you know, yeah, you start, I, I've never really. I I always thought that you had reasonably firm and well held opinions about things. Now, was that <laughs> oh, bluster? Yeah. Like you have, you certainly have a confidence, a sense of, yeah, like it. It, it appears to others, yeah, that you are confident in yourself Yeah, that you have always had a sense of who you are and what you want to do and have not been that intimidated by other people. Is, is that true or is that a, yeah. a false reading of what you were like? No, I think that's probably true. I just never, I've never like, um, been worried about what would happen if I just told the truth or said what I thought. I've never worried that someone would not like me for it. Cause I guess I've been lucky that people have enjoyed that a part, part of my personality. Um, and maybe that's probably privilege, you know, and it's probably a bit of privilege. Like it's not like I have to worry. My dad has money, you know, and a lot of people try and hide that, but it's like, yeah, my dad has money. I, I will probably be okay. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe there's a part of that that's like, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll just do something else. Like I'm not obsessed with it, with comedy. It's funny though. Doing be- it. Uh, I, lo- I love it. Yeah. Cause you do love <laughs> I it. I do love it. But and I'm you're not, very, I, very good at it and you can't, <laughs> you can't be as good as you are at it and improve in the way that you have improved at it without loving caring, it yeah, and yeah. caring about yeah. it. But, uh, the more that you are getting, do you think you'll be able to maintain that attitude? Like, you know, that sort of <laughs> idea of like, I could walk away from this. I don't really care if it doesn't work yeah. out. That's like, Which I think is great, by the way. Thanks. That powerful, <laughs> but I also think that's a great attitude to have. Yeah. Like, I always thought the success of like, whatever success I've had, like with Gruen and stuff has mm. been out of, that I don't really like hosting TV. Yeah. And that if it, if it ended tomorrow, mm. I'd be absolutely fine with Man, that. I, I feel like the audience can feel it. I feel like the more laissez-faire you act with the audience, the more they want it. Right. Like there's, there must be something in us because we're all, we've all got like daddy and mummy issues where we were like neglected and stuff. So you just, you treat people like, you treat them mean, keep them keen. Well, there <laughs> like, is something about watching a comedian <laughs> who, and we've all seen it, you know, the comedian who's great, but needs the audience to like them too much. Mm. And it actually turns oh. the audience off. Yeah. Like if you've got a baker who's baking your birthday cake and they're obsessed with it and they want to make it the best cake of yeah, all time. Like, Did you piss in the batter? Yeah. <laughs> Like Why are you here. so into this? Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you, yeah, I know comedians who are needy on stage. It's like their eyes are, sh- they're desperate and totally people can feel it. They hate it. Cause uh, they're like, well, why would I like, yeah. They're like, why would I like you now? I know you want, you want it. 
You mentioned yes. the idea of uh, parental issues. That's mm. what you said, daddy or mummy issues, yeah. I think were your words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think that is? I hope that didn't turn anyone on <laughs> to hear daddy issues. <laughs> some some guys just, just isolated daddy issues. He's going to make a gif. Daddy issues, daddy issues. <laughs> oh, no. He's just, using <laughs> the, he's just using the rewind. Yeah. The rewind. <laughs> daddy, daddy issues. <laughs> it's like, wish Will would stop talking in this bit. I'm trying to get off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just let us say daddy issues in a clean way yeah. where I don't have to hear your voice, Will, spoiling it. If anyone can come from a, a gif of me saying daddy issues, then you can get free tickets to my show. <laughs> you can do that. Uh, so uh, do you think that you have – is that – was that a throwaway line or was that a throwaway line that has some truth to it? Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got issues. Doesn't everyone? <laughs> but do you think <laughs> that those specific issues relate to why you, you know, do what you do comedically? Oh, yeah. Big time. Because I just felt like I was never listened to properly. So talk to me about that. What do, what do you mean by that? Um, I mean, isn't it this? I mean, you know, parents divorced at, when I was two. Um, so did, I, have a great, I have great parents, but... That, you know, it's my mum was also wanted to be a singer, so she was kind of on that journey. I would be left with um, different. I was left with a Czechoslovakian family a lot, like when she would go on tour. Uh, and then my dad was starting his own business, and because he, he, you know, had no money for a, a long time, and uh, so I'd see him like every second weekend. And but then it was always like you know two days, and then I knew the drop off was coming. Um, so I guess it's, yeah, it's just, I just want everyone to hear what I, I'm saying. And as a kid, I didn't think they did. So what was it like <laughs> with the che- Czechoslovakian family? Now, I assume the same Czechoslovakian family. I, no, assume, no. <laughs> I assume your mum just never ruled it. It just has to be a Czechoslovakian yeah. family of some kind. But I mean, I liked them a lot. My family's, um, I've all got a weird mix. It's like Aboriginal, Russian, Scottish. And uh, but the it, Russian side was like, my name's supposed to be Lukashenko. Uh-huh. Um, they anglicized it, but so I really liked staying with them because there was like that Eastern European kind of, they were quite similar to Russians, uh, very fiery, very angry, insane people. They used to be potters and they would, it was really funny because they would, they, their whole business was they would make, um, clay pottery and sell it at the markets, but they were, they would fight so much, the mum and the dad, that they would end up in screaming matches where they would throw most of their pottery at each other and it would smash <laughs> And then they would fight about money. Like it was always about money, but then I'm like, stop, yeah. smashing, stop smashing the very your pottery. That, yeah. The thing that makes you money yeah. and costs you money to make yeah. in the first place. It was very stressful. But it was pretty sick. They'd like smoke in the house and stuff. It was very Eastern European. Yeah, it was full on. Uh, did they have kids of their own? They did. They had two kids. And so where were you age-wise in relationship to that when you were being dropped off there? Uh, same as the girl and then the boy was younger. Okay. So, I mean, it was great. Like, it was fun. They, I was a part of their family, but... Again, I mean, I always think I've got attachment issues because there were so many family. Like I'd stay with different people and then I'd never see them again. Like I've never seen them again. Isn't that weird? Mm. I wonder if they, do you think think that they they would be aware of who you are and what it is that you do? I don't know. Vaguely. Maybe. Like I may imagine, like when they see you on the gala and they're like, that's that little girl who used to stay with us. Going through our fridge. You know what? I'm going to make a little pottery version of her (laughs) that I could smash. (laughs) Out of memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely stuff in my childhood. That I'm like, of course, that's why I am the way I am. Or like, um, I'm only just realizing it now. And it sounds boring because everyone's got it. It's like, you know, I just. Everyone's got it, but everyone's mm. got different sure. stuff. Yeah. So, so why are you so fucked up? 
<laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, again, a lot of people wouldn't have the confidence to say that to me, Becky, but one of the things I've always liked you about you I'm is that silly. you uh, will say things like that to me and I admire that. You know that I do. He's, he's doing the, the um, throat cutting motion. Yeah. <laughs> this is, which would be weird because it's my podcast. I could yeah. actually just stop it whenever I wanted to. You can edit and it. I've invited you on. I knew what you were like. Yeah. You can edit me to say, I love you, Will, yeah. again and again. Oh, hang again. on. Just say it. I love you, Will. There you go. It's clean. <laughs> That's it. I made that into a gift. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think that I'm not even aware of the ways that. Really? Have you ever done therapy? Yeah, I'm back in therapy. I talk a lot about it a lot, actually, in my new show. I'm, oh, right. I'm talking a lot about being back at what, therapy. What time are you? Uh, seven, six, oh, on, yeah. six on Sundays. Okay. You know, the old traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, old man hours, breakfast radio hours. Yeah, nice. I, oh, I'm not a really big fan of an early show because, yeah. you know, like I have always loved doing late night shows mm. all, and, I, and it always feels a bit like... It's naughty. In, it, well, it feels inappropriate for me to be drinking four beers on a Tuesday at yeah. seven too. Oh, totally. I'm at 8.15 <laughs> this year, which is a bit better. I've always been at seven. It's too early. It's too early. They're not ready to hear it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I, I'm back at therapy. Okay. And trying to work out what it is that I need to work out in some ways. Are like, you one of those people that tries to charm their therapist? No. <laughs> in no way. Okay, that's good. And in fact, if anything, I think that my therapists are probably always endlessly disappointed by how... Oh, no. Because I'm not... I don't think that I'm... This isn't about me, but I, I don't think that I'm particularly needy, or at least in the way that... Mm. That normally manifests itself sure. in that sort of comedian-y, yeah. you know, need to be loved, need to be, mm. you know. In fact, in in some ways, it's almost the opposite for me, which is like when somebody says that I'm shit, yeah. I'm like, finally, yeah, finally yeah, yeah. someone gets it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think too. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, you like to be treated badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do a little. I think there is. Yeah. There is some element of that and I'm not yeah. really sure where necessarily that comes from, but I do always feel more comfortable yeah. almost with, and I always find that a more creative place. Oh, totally. Compliments distract you. Yeah. Who said that? That's a famous quote, I think. Is it? Possibly, uh, I don't know, but there's a, a like Bob Marley or something. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what distracted you? That infected toe that you died from. <laughs> <laughs> All that weed distracted you from getting it checked out yeah. at the doctor. The weed so. distracted you from the infected toe yeah. and you were only smoking the weed to distract you from the compliments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. So maybe just take the compliment cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you uh, go to therapy? Have you done that? Have you been oh, down that path? I need to. I did it for a bit and um, I need to go again. It's just hard with what we do. You're always on the road and stuff. I feel busy. I'm always, I feel constantly busy. I feel very stressed out by life. Um, uh, well, talk to me about that. What What do you mean by that? I don't know. I just find life really, I think I find life harder than most people. Like I just find every day-to-day chore, I need like a run-up to it and it's harder. And I, I think I'm smart in some ways, but so tragically dumb in others, like in just day-to-day stuff. Like give me an example like, of what I you don't, mean. I honestly can't understand what tax is. Oh, I mean, that's a... <laughs> It's a pretty common problem in the yeah. comedy industry. You wouldn't be all on your lonesome there. You've got to yeah. become friends with Limo. He used to be an accountant. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. my God. Or Dill. Dill, yeah. Dill used to be an accountant. You just yeah. don't need to. 
Um, no, I don't think anyone understands tax yeah. in the comedy industry. But just every, like every little thing, it's like it, it takes me longer or I, I, I don't know. I It's just hard. Or like a, a phone call to someone I find difficult. I get anxious about calling people. Um, just things that I think other people could tick off their list quite easily. I get bogged down in. Do you think that other people tick those things off their list easily? Or do you think that we all think that life is easier for other people yeah, than it is for ourselves? And probably. We... But it's also our industry. I think other people are getting shit done. Like, my friends are so good. They, they have, like, someone's birthday, they've organized flowers. I can't do it. I actually can't ever do that. I'm so self-absorbed and a terrible, I'm terrible. Do you think that you are <laughs> self-absorbed? Is that a real thing? Yeah, but I don't mean to be. It's just that it's, I mean, I genuinely care a lot about other people. Mm. I really do. But I, um, I find it hard to, it's just a lot. There's a lot to do. There's always someone's birthday. It's always someone's something. <laughs> and I don't know how people, like social life, if you just did that would take, it's like a full-time job. Part of working the hours that we work, mm. Ted Robinson, who was the big gig producer in Glasshouse and mm. Good Newsweek and a whole bunch of iconic Australian entertainment programs, he always used to say, the trick is that we work when other people play, yeah. we play when other people sleep and we sleep when yeah. other people work. So your schedule's already out yeah. and you know, you start doing this and you start working Friday and Saturday nights mm. and you start, you miss that first 21st or yeah. 25th or whatever it is, or that first wedding or that yeah. whatever. And then for a while, you're the one who's like, oh, Becky probably can't make it. Totally. And then there's a point where they won't invite you anymore because oh, they won't even yeah. think that there's a possibility that you're being in town. Oh, it's so, because I, I wish I could, I mean, I always want everyone, I always want to get everyone I know and make them take acid. And then I could just give them a, like, I want to be a cult leader, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I want to, everyone to know deeply on, in their soul that I love them so much. And I, it, I appreciate all my friends so much. Like I think they're the best and family, but I find it very hard to do things that show that. I mean, it's, it and feels weird to me that you've gone with acid as your choice, not well, mushrooms <laughs> or not like ayahuasca or maybe like. Maybe just a quarter tab, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, a couple of those people are going to have a fucked up trip yeah, in yeah. the corner, you know that? <laughs> My dad just rips his own face off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, you said, I want to be a cult leader. How, yeah. how would you go as a cult leader, do you think? Oh, I'd have to. Yeah, it'd be hard. Um, I don't know much about cults, you know. I've watched a few things and I can never quite understand what. I can't piece together how they, how, what, how it all works. What about you? You could be, you're sort of a cult leader. Uh, you have a cult following. Uh, I, <laughs> I like the idea of cult life. <laughs> it, it appeals to me. Yeah. You know, the idea that, that in all of our lives are artificially constructed worlds, mm -hmm. like the comedy world can feel very important, yeah. um, particularly during the comedy festival. And we I think know. that everybody is talking about the comedy festival and everybody's thinking about the comedy festival. Oh man, the funniest thing, my friend Tom was in an Uber and you know how they're just digging the city up at the moment? Just it's just the whole city's being dug up, and everything's like a lot of trams and trains and stuff are cancelled. And my friend Tom said, "But why wouldn't they wait till after the comedy festival?" <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the Uber driver just said, "Well, actually, it's the quietest yeah. time of the year." <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, it's a yeah. this is like a five-year project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to go. I know. 
but also uh, like working, we're in a, a radio station and I have a day job on the radio and it's actually very refreshing to come in because they oh, don't, don't know, don't care. Yeah. Like I'll mention, you know, huge names from the comedy world to mm. them and they will have never heard of them. It's amazing. So wherever you are, you create a community, yeah. right? So the idea of being in a cult where you just decide to go off and yeah. start by your own rules. It's just so hard though because there's always someone who ruins it. Yeah. It's like you see at protests, like there'll be a protest where it's genuinely, you know, like when there was all that, um, what were, what were the protests that we kind of mimicked from America the with the banks and the 1%? Okay, yeah, sure. What were sure. they called? The, there was a name mm, for them? Uh... I forget. Anyway, I mean, they're making good points and, and I think they had some copycat ones in Australia and- it's a great point, you know, like where's this money and stuff. But then there's also just a guy with a legalized weed flag just right. kind of flopping it around. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and everyone's a lizard. It's like, no, no. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> no. Mate, we've got some legitimate yeah. points about the 1% yeah. and Wall Street corruption and yeah. now you've got your... <laughs> <laughs> he's just, oh, it's like, yeah, there's always someone who ruins it. So that's the problem with the cult. I always think that with, mm. with weed's a good example of that because... Mm. There's always, you know, the, there's medicinal benefits, you know, to to using cannabis. Yeah. There's legitimate medicinal mm. benefits. Yeah. And then somebody will chime in with the story about how his mate who smokes pot cured his own cancer. Oh, and you're like, yeah, mate, you're not helping. Yeah, I know. It's so annoying. <laughs> Why did somebody inv- invite Pete Evans to this yeah. pot convention? Yeah, there's uh, always a always someone who ruins it. But yeah, I, I know what you mean, though. There, there's something. I reckon cult day 50 would be nice. What would your uh, key appeals of a cult be for you? I mean, there's just that comfort. I think uh, finding your place, I think it's very exciting. People love to know their place. Like, I always think it's really sweet in life that, you know, there's some people that, like, I don't know about you, but I love seeing it when someone finds their thing that they're really good at because I think, and in comedy, sorry, is this boring? Do you talk about comedy a lot on this podcast? We talk about whatever. Okay. Uh, so I just don't We literally pause. started the podcast with five minutes on what's your favorite sandwich. Yeah, so <laughs> I just, I, I know that I can be a bit, I, I relate everything back to comedy um, and it can be tiresome, but. No, no, no. We have plenty of guests on who don't talk about comedy. Okay, uh, cool. Not everyone who comes on the podcast is a comedic guest for okay, a start yeah, yeah, and yeah. often we don't talk to the com- them about comedy so okay, awesome. we can talk about whatever well I was just going to relate it to comedy because I think in comedy you know you can see someone struggle for years trying to be what they think they set out to be in comedy or what they to them it was always comedy and um pursuing something and it just doesn't work like either they're just never nothing it doesn't feel right or you know and then and then you see them and they fall into this thing and they're so good at it and it's just very satisfying for someone to find their place and to be, to find that confidence. I, w- I want to use an example, but I don't want to call the person out. So I won't, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Yeah. Well, I could, I mean, I, I absolutely have seen it a, a million times with yeah. different people. I mean, I remember coming through and, and seeing, you know, comedians try on, yeah, particularly when I first started out because we didn't have you know, podcasts we could listen to where people talked about comedy or articles that you could read about, you know, what people's thoughts were about comedy. So Mm. often the way that you learn about comedy was by seeing somebody and then sort of trying that style of comedy on. Like I remember when the first, because the other thing is in my generation, it's VHS tapes and, Mm. you know, early days of DVDs. Mm -hmm. That's the only way. It's not like we're all watching Netflix and so 
there'd be waves of it. Yeah. So like, yes. you know, like everyone would discover Bill Hicks and yeah. then suddenly one, everyone had a leather jacket and was smoking on stage oh, and talking man. about aliens, right? Oh, God. And then everybody would discover Eddie Izzard and then yeah. suddenly everybody's talking about, you know, imaginary things and trying to kind of improvise on stage yeah. in, in that way. So you would see people actually try try on the styles of comedy. But yeah. by the time you started, mm. so how long have you been doing it now for? Um, I think it's like seven years now. So Maybe. your generation have come in at a time where mm. like people won't stop talking about comedy. If yeah. you want to know about comedy, if you want to listen to people talk about comedy, if you want to read about comedy, if you want to research comedy, yeah. there is so much information available yeah. to you. Yeah. And you can absorb so much. How much of that do you absorb? How much do you stay away from? And how do you find your own sort of legitimate way through that? Me? Yes. I think when I was younger, I, I would, I've never been someone who really, and it's funny cause I'm, I keep. Y- yacking on about it now <laughs> but like I don't really like to hear people talking about comedy as much as I just like to hear people being funny um so I think when I first started I was kind of intrigued by and I mean I say that and then I do like a line of coke and I'll talk about comedy with my friends for hours yeah. um so you know c- keep that in mind but I I don't think anymore I would listen to people kind of an- analyzing comedy um yeah I mostly just like to listen to Funny. I mean, I loved listening to Bone Zone, you know, Brendan Walsh's podcast, because yeah. him and Randy would just be f- funny. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, like I remember hearing it being like, this is like the first thing I've, you know, heard that I think is really, really funny. Um, but yeah, and I might take in, I mean, it's a really good way. I think one any- of the greatest nights of my life, by the way, mm. uh, uh, me, Brendan Walsh and Shane Moss at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Oh my God, Portland. is this DMT night? Yeah. Oh my DMT God, tell night. Me about it. Where, so that was the first time I ever tried it. Yeah. Um, it had been a great day in Portland and mm-hmm. uh, Shane's messaged me and he said, Brendan's up in the room and we're going to do some DMT if mm-hmm. you want to do it. And so we, we did the DMT and then we uh, all did mushrooms. Yeah. And the three of us, just the three like of us. sex? Well, <laughs> we all lay yeah. on the bed, the double bed together. The Aww. three of us just stared at the roof and How talked good. about like for four hours, I reckon, what it'd be like if Eminem was our friend. <laughs> And I've never oh laughed harder in my entire life. It's honestly imagine. one of like my favorite nights I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, that's He's, such, I want to be at that night. Yeah. One of the <laughs> funniest people in the world, Brenda Walsh. He, he really is. He's got incredible instincts. Yeah. Incredible comedic And instincts. he doesn't yeah. give a shit as well. Yeah. He's, he's one of those people who's like, oh God. I don't care. I don't care if people don't get this. <laughs> I don't care if it feels like I'm being obnoxious. Yeah. I don't care if like this, he does so many things where you're not sure if it's a joke I or not know, and, I love never, that. and he won't let you know no. one way or the other. Yeah. I love that about him. Like I love that kind of fucking with, I mean, and I guess that like sense of fun is something I, cause in comedy, I think sometimes people can be so serious and, you know, take themselves really seriously. And I think like I've done a bit of stuff where I fuck around or whatever and people have gotten upset, but. I think it's really funny to be fun. Like the, if you're doing comedy, if, you, if you're going to be serious, just be an accountant, you know, just do that. But we, we have a really fun life. Like it is a great life that we live and it should be fun. We should be fucking with each other and keeping okay. it fun for ourselves. Okay. So take me back to when you started and then we'll, we'll kind of get up to speed. Cause now, <laughs> well, now that we're talking about, it, I think there's some really interesting things here to talk about. Okay. So, uh, where did you start? Um, I started in Brisbane. Yeah. But yeah. whereabouts? Like what, Where was your first ever gig? My first ever gig was a Newmarket. Have you ever done it? Uh, you probably haven't. Don't think no, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did the Newmarket. So talk me through what it is. What's what's the venue? Give people a picture of like 
how many people are there? How does the night work? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's run by the Sit Down Comedy Club, which is you. Uh, Fidelli, and uh, it yeah. runs Queensland Comedy, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you book in. I think Matt O'Kine actually booked because I was friends with Matt because we uh, we went to the same school, but he was about four or five years ahead. Um, okay, and, and he told, was already doing stand up. Yeah, and I talked to him one day, and I was like, "Oh, I would like to do it." You know, <laughs> which is so annoying now. I do it when people say that to me. I'm like, yeah, 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 we're full. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, we're full. Yeah, fuck, we're full. <laughs> but, um, Stop the jokes. Yeah, but he was very nice and uh, booked me in and said, like, you're doing it this date. And it was very scary. Uh, so what, what was it that made you think that it was something that you wanted to do? Well, I guess I thought I was funny. But I look back, I don't think I was as funny as I thought I was. <laughs> um I thought I was funny. I always liked stand-up. My dad really liked stand-up. He'd always listen to stand-up albums and he'd, you know, he took me to Judith Lucy and a few other people when I was younger. Um, so yeah, then I booked in, Matt booked it in and then I turned up at the new market and it was a pretty shitty set. Um, but I met like Corey White and I met Sam Campbell and a few other people and then you kind of just stuck in it. Don't you reckon? Like you just... You do that and then someone else goes, well, I've, I've got a room. And then you're like, okay, I guess I'll do that. And I remember my first bomb, like a real bomb. And I remember thinking, oh, I just won't do this again. How, how many gigs in were you when you had your first? I think it was four. Okay. So yeah. you've had enough to sort of go, oh, so this go, is going all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay at this. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> totally. What a good way. You don't have to work for five minutes. Yeah. Feel pretty good at the end. Yeah. Have a beer. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, that first bomb was pretty awful. And I mean, man, I just like slogged it out in Brisbane for a couple of years. It was, and it was, it was pretty fun. What day. made you get back on the horse? Cause I remember I had a good first gig mm. uh, down at the SB here in St Kilda and, uh, had a shit house, horrible second gig mm. and was going to stop. Yeah. Hated it so much. Yeah. It felt so horrible. It's so embarrassing. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's the absolute pit. Hideously. Because <laughs> essentially you've said to a whole bunch of people, I reckon I'm funny. And yeah, they've all like, agreed, nah. nah, nah, you're not. And you're and like, it's okay. I'll do this for 23 years and finally I'll get to the yeah. point where all my jokes will always be funny. Yeah. No, nope, never happens. I'll be. <laughs> yeah. Never happens. But um, I had a friend say to me, they said, well, you've done one shit one, one good one. Yeah. Might as well do one more just to yeah. break the tie. Yeah. You'll know one way or the other. Do, what, do you remember how you felt about like, you know, when you said, I'm not going to do this anymore? Yeah. Why, why was it that you did do it again? I think it might've been raw comedy. Right. I think I was like, oh, I'm just not into it. And then maybe I talked to Matt again, actually. And he was like, you should just do raw and see. And then I did that and it was great. And, uh, and then it was just kind of, I was off and away. But yeah. It was... how, how long were you doing comedy in, in Brisbane for? Um, I reckon it was about three years. And, and like you said, you mentioned some pretty cool names. Like yeah. you were surrounded by people who were doing I mean, I was so very lucky. interesting work. Yeah, I was. So, I had it was like Damien Power, Mel Buttle, Sam Campbell, Greg Larson, um, Corey White. Who else? Dan Rath. Like, I mean, these... when you put it like that, that's genuinely half a dozen of the most yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was awesome. Subversive, you know, yeah. new sort of comics. It, it takes me back to. What you said when I asked you what your philosophy was, yeah, which you know is that kind of importance of being able to look at something that exists, yeah, and say 
we don't like that. <laughs> yeah. We are going to do something that is very different to that. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me like you've named their six, seven performers yeah. who probably looked at what was happening in that scene and the sort of comedy they were seeing yeah. previously yeah. and went, oh, we want to do something else totally. as a reaction to what we're, we're yeah. seeing and doing. Uh, absolutely. And, and also, you know, they owe a lot to those old guys because I think a lot of the, the, the hum- like the funny stuff that would happen in that scene has c- come through in stuff that they've made or like characters they do. So it's like, how cool is that? Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, you know, it's, you can't disregard these old blokes out and like, there's some Steve Allison, you know, Steve Allison, mm-hmm. he's a really interesting guy. His parents were clowns and, uh, you know, he used to do, uh, he told me that he used to hate school and the only way he'd do school is they let him do 10 minutes of stand up before class and then he'll, he'd agree to sit down and do the work. So he's doing stand up at like 12. It's oh, cool. <laughs> Finding gigs. Yeah. <laughs> Hostage situation. Yeah, hustling. So I don't know. It's like, yeah, they've, and they've, they've got cool timing and stuff. Like you learn a few of the basics off them for sure. Yeah. You know. Well, that, that, that's good. what I mean. These things yeah. are important in, in both ways, right? Yeah. yeah. It's important for that next generation to go, we don't want to do that. Yeah. But it was important for the previous generation to have done that, to lay the yeah. groundwork, to build the rooms, yeah. to have something for them to rebel exactly against, but it's a great mm. group of people to be inspired by oh, and to so feed cool. off. I was so lucky. I mean, I just, I mean, how lucky I, that I happened to start then because, and you know, that I, I think even Sam Campbell, I mean, Sam Campbell was so, um, he, I guess he liked comedy for a long time, but he was so, um, critical early on of stuff. And I remember thinking, Oh, like, you know, that's, that's a bit mean, but now I'm like, fuck, thank God he was because. You know, he wouldn't be scared to be like, oh, that bit's hack or that someone's done that bit. or And because of that, I, I've become a better comic. Right. Absolutely. Like I definitely have him to thank for that kind of uh, criticism. <laughs> How are you at taking other people's feedback? Um, pretty, I get, I, I guess I do get sensitive. I can be pretty sensitive. Um, but I, I think everyone shirks. It, it's like, you know, when you yell at a kid for something or you, Actually, what what did my stepmom say? She said something to my little sister the other day that I think really got through to her, but she was so embarrassed. Like she had, she had, I, how am I going to phrase this? My stepmom brought up something um, to make a point to my sister and my sister went, stop, stop, and started crying and ran away. But I, I said to her, I bet that actually got to her and she was embarrassed that it did. And she won't admit that it got through to her, but it did. So I think criticism with me, it's like sometimes I'll be like, shut up, fucking I don't care. And then it's in there and I will address it. <laughs> what sort of things don't you care about when people criticize them and what sort of things actually genuinely, mm. you know, affect you? Um, well, I, 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 criticisms about my behavior, I will probably take on more than criticisms about my comedy. Like my auntie said the other day, I was being a bit of a bitch and I, and I said something I'd done something nice for the family and then the next day someone complained about something and I brought up the nice thing that I'd done and she said, Becky, it didn't go unnoticed, okay? And I just remember being like, oh. oh. <laughs> 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 like, oh, yeah, oh. okay. I was like, that's, yeah, she got me there. Oh, that's yeah. good too. And it was just perfect. I was like, yep, what a little shit, you yeah. know, like just do it and shut the fuck up. Why am I like bringing it back up? And that really, I've. You know, I must thank her for that because it was 
it was a good lesson. <laughs> but yeah, but then if some like if Steve Bennett doesn't like my show, I'm like I don't give a fuck. I actually don't. That's interesting to me. So Steve mm-hmm. Bennett, for those who uh, don't know, and there'd be plenty uh, that are listening to this podcast who would have yeah. no idea who he is, yeah. but uh, this is a classic example of one of those inside the yeah, comedy yeah, yeah. community things. So Steve Bennett uh, runs a website called uh, Chortle, and it is the, the kind of the most prominent Mm. comedy website. Yeah. Uh, you know, they re- they review a whole bunch of stuff and they... He's a great reviewer and, sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a, he is, I think he's probably a pretty good reviewer. Um, I, I'll put this on the record. Yeah. He's not a huge fan of what it is that I do, yeah. right? Nor so me. <laughs> no. And you're, the way that you um, approach somebody's capacity to do something is often based on how they respond to you. If Steve Bennett yeah. was the sort of guy who thought I was a genius and wrote yeah, that every like, show. He's actually got so some you good know what? He's a real good <laughs> reviewer. I think Chortle is the number one website that yeah. he has a certain type of comedy that he very much enjoys. Yeah. And he if also you're... follows his dick a bit, I reckon. Sorry, you can edit this out. No, you It's I'm... me saying it. No, you can say I mean. <laughs> I just think he follows, like, sure, I, I, I honestly enjoy some of his reviews because he really sticks the boot into some people who need it. Um, but I also think he's susceptible to certain women who he believes he might be able to sleep with or charm. Or I think he like likes people sucking up to him. Uh, people, well, that's okay. I mean, I think that it, it, it's interesting to me mm. that, um, you know, There'd be a whole bunch of people who probably think similar things. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be a whole bunch of people who probably would even love to be able to say those sort of things or say them to their friends. Yeah. Right. But it's interesting to me that you've gone that extra step further (laughs) and just gone, I'm just going to say it out loud. I'll happily say it on a podcast. I'll I'll tweet about it. I got in, I got onto, I used to get into so much trouble on Twitter. I found his um, personal Twitter one time when I was drunk. (laughs) and started quote tweeting all his tweets. Like he did a tweet being like, when is, you know, when um, will people realize that Brexit's not the answer? And I, and then I'd quote tweet it saying, when will you finally suck my dick? (laughs) 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 And I did it like about to 10 of his tweets. (laughs) So he, I think he knows that I don't like him already. I think think? I just, yeah. sad because he's so obsessed with comedy and it's like but no one in this world likes you like um, can you imagine being obsessed with airplanes and mm. every most pilots hate you but wouldn't that <laughs> like, be true of almost anyone who's completely obsessed with something mm. like it, it's almost too much like you said like like mm. the comedian on stage who needs the audience to love them too much sometimes yeah. being completely obsessed by the thing yeah like i mean if you're a footy fan who's just, you know, completely, I bet down at the club, you know, when they see the person who's, you know, dyed their hair and yeah. is dressed and has got like the badges on their duffel coat of every single player yeah. and stuff that the players don't go, oh, great. <laughs> the coolest guy. <laughs> the coolest guy here at the footy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting to me that like, I mean, I don't t- tend to try to read my new rule is uh, over the years, I've had a whole bunch of rules about reviews. I've settled on one that's comfortable in my life, which mm-hmm. is I only read good reviews. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't read any now because I think I've I've had two good ones and I, I don't even like reading the good ones. I'll, just... I'll read the good ones because they're good to be able to promote your show basically. Sure, yeah. But um, uh, I would used to get bogged down in details. Yeah. I'd be one of those people who going, 
it's not that I have a problem that this review isn't, you know, mm. shining. Yeah. I have a problem that you haven't got what it is that I'm trying to do. Exactly. And the, the problem that I used to have with his reviews were mm. of my shows was that he didn't understand the cultural context of yeah. who I was here and what I was trying to do with the audience that yeah. I had. Right. Yeah, totally. He was coming in and judging the show without yeah. the context that the show actually existed in. Yeah. But I would never say anything like that. I would, in fact, that's the first time I've ever mentioned it. Mentioned that Sorry. in. No, 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 I'm absolutely fine with it. My point being, though, <laughs> I'm that I'm interested in your why the difference yeah. between me yeah. going, I'll, I'll just not mention it and move on with my life yeah. versus you who've just decided, not nah, head on <gasps> completely opposite direction. Where does that come from? Well, I just think it's fun. I think um, it's funny too because I. As we say, it, this world isn't real. We've created it. So why would I let Steve Bennett have authority over me when it's like if we were st to step outside of it, he's just some guy. So it's like why would I not say if he's, what I To hear? anyone outside the comedy industry, he's a guy who has a comedy website, yeah, yeah. which is real <laughs> not fun at parties. Exactly. Like, but within the industry. Yeah, he's yeah. got all this power. And it's like I guess it's um, – I'm not doing it even yet to be mean or anything. It's like I just – this sh this should be a fun world, and we should you should be able to mock things because nothing's serious. And we're supposed to get up on stage and be funny and silly, but then when it comes to actual stuff in the world of comedy, everyone's like, "No, you can't do that." I'm like, "I'm fucking gonna do it." That's the <laughs> thing fun. that I guess I find most interesting. Yeah, is that idea of that I do think that's something the comedy industry is guilty of, mm. which is. We think that we can make fun of everybody else, but yeah. we have these softest skins yeah. and like we are, yeah, we, we will not make fun of things within our own world and do these things. Yeah. And, and that's why when I see that and you got, you do that and there's a few other people who do the similar sort of thing. Yeah. I do. I find it very Oh yeah, I know you like Exciting. it. You, you might not like it. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't be, <laughs> you can't be seen to be associated with it. <laughs> But yes, I do like it. All right. Let, let's stop talking about comedy and talk about right. some other things. All right. Um, so talk to me about um, where you're at in your life just in, in general. Like, so it, like career, we've talked about comedy specifically, but yeah. are you happy with how your career is? Because yeah. you seem to be at one of those points where, you know, exciting things are happening. Yeah. Lots of opportunities have opened up for you. You know, you're getting, yeah, you know, really great crowds to your shows and stuff. Now mm -hmm. you have a following. Um, are you happy with where you are in yeah. your life and career? Yeah, I feel great at the moment. Um, it's really good. Uh, I'm a little, like, I feel a little bit like I've got, I want to go, I want to do something a bit more. So, you know, like I feel like going traveling again, which sucks, mm -hmm. but like, I just feel like being a bit normal again and going away. Um, how long, like, how long would you like to go away like for? Like even like a year, Yeah, <laughs> which you can't really do. I think it's I mean, a bit you hard. Can. You can, but it's, yeah. He says having never yeah, done it. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, I'm just so lucky that I did start comedy a bit later in life because I got to do a lot of that stuff. Um, but like, yeah, like I used to be able to speak Spanish and now I just can't, you know. What what do you yeah What do you miss? I guess that's a good way of putting it. What yeah. what is it that you think you've given up to pursue this that you wish that you hadn't given up or that you wish you could still be doing more of? Well, yeah, just a bit more like connection or just living. Like I realize that, like you kind of when you do comedy, it's like you get all these laughs every night, and it's like there's just not a natural amount of um 
of feedback. So then I, I have this normal, I'll be trying to like live my life and I feel this low all the time because I'm not getting clapped. <laughs> like I just want to know, I just want to chill out for a bit and read and um, maybe help other people. I need to do something. I don't know. I just feel like I need to be of more use. I just think my life's a little bit um, like, what am I doing? Well, how would you, how would you f- find yourself of more use? What is, what is useful about you? I don't that- know. I'd like to go maybe live somewhere and help on a, like, I don't know, like live up. At, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Sorry. I'm not being very helpful. Um, but I guess I just see people doing things that look, you, you know, like I feel like I want to be useful in a way that's um, tangible. I guess, you know, because I, I, I give money and stuff. and I guess that kind of helps. Do you not feel that, you know, you entertaining people, that you, mm. you know, taking people's mind off the, you know, depressing reality <laughs> of the world, you know, that that contributes something? Yeah, I'm, maybe. I forget that that's supposedly a gift. Yeah. <laughs> You forget I, that it's for other people as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I know what I'm getting out of this. Well, but... I also assume they're doing me a favour. Yeah. I, <laughs> I forget they're actually um, enjoying themselves. Yeah, they've um, gone there on purpose. Yeah. They've paid money. That's they're... true. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, but I am happy at the moment. I feel really, um, really good. I've gotten to do some fun things and uh, I... I Yeah, I, I guess also like I've got that urge to have a baby and stuff. Oh, okay. I don't think I'll do it. But, um, what do you mean you don't think you'll do it? Well, I don't think I'll do it for at least for another five years or something. Okay. Or, but yeah. you, but you think you will do it? Yeah, I think so. Why not? What else am I going to do? I mean, sure. That's <laughs> as good a reason as any. Well, do you I, not worry about, in, in regard to having a baby? Yeah. Okay. Do you not worry about the future of the planet? Is that something that you, you think we're going to be okay? Like you think it would be fine to bring well, like a kid into. I technology will save us. Okay. Cause I mean, did you hear, you know, the, um, what's that? You know how they used to think that like the biggest environmental disaster, they thought horse shit in the streets yes. was going to. Horse shit in the streets was destroying cities and then they invented the car. Yeah. Yes. No. And then they invented, it was it the car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah, car. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe. how are we going to get rid of the horse shit? They said, and they invented <laughs> yeah. the car and it turns out the cars didn't shit. Well, they did yeah, actually they did, into yeah. the environment. And then <laughs> there was a big hole in the ozone layer and now the whole planet's on fire. So it's a bad it example. Is, it is a bad we example. We should have still kept the horses <laughs> and we'd be fine. Fuck. Damn it. Um, I do worry about that, but I think, um, doesn't every generation think that they're the end of the world? Yes. And are we not just, is it not kind of a bit of an ego that we think we're the we're the generation that's actually going to be there for the end of the world. I hope you're right. Mm. I mean, I know I do worry about it a lot, um, but. Okay. But that's know. good. I like, like that. I mean, yeah. that's the attitude that most normal people have. Yeah. Like, yeah. They go, well, we'll just do it regardless and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, that's and, always been the way of mm. human beings. We've never had a guarantee that it's going to. Exactly. Work out. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I definitely, I used to think that, that, I used to think, well, I can, I can not have a baby. I have the control to not do it. Whereas there's some people who, um, due to whatever circumstance, you know, might have more kids. And so maybe I'll just not have one for the planet. And then that'll make room for the kids that do get born. And, you know, maybe I'll volunteer and help them out and help them become, you know, whatever. But also it's very hard. This hormonal, it really gets you. Yeah. So do you feel like there is a yeah. genuine sort of hormonal? It's a yearning. Yearning. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. 
I cry. Like I'll I'll wake up crying because I'm not pregnant. It's insane. It's. I mean, I'm really going to try and ignore it because I don't want a kid. It looks really hard. Um, but yeah, it's there for sure. Do you think about what sort of parent you would be? Mm, yeah, I think I, I don't know what I'd be. I think I'd resent them. I'd resent. I think I'd be jealous of my baby because it's got such nice skin. <laughs> An opportunity. <laughs> I'll be jealous. <laughs> but um, I'd try not to be. Yeah. What about you? What would you be like as a dad? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that I will be. No. But that, that's, that's what I yeah. have. I reckon I'm at that point now where I've, I've missed my window. Mm. I mean, I'm a man, so I could like literally be one of those creepy old men who has yeah. a baby when they're 70 or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not into that. I think yeah. that you should be able to actually yeah. at least potentially raise your child. Totally. You know, I, no one has any guarantee on that, Yeah, of course, but I think you should at least be in a zone where you're like, yeah. I want to be able to be like active enough that I could be at their 18th birthday. Yeah. And I, that window is closing very fast <laughs> oh, for me, true. Becky. That's not true. What is You I... always pretend to be older than you are. Ever no, since no, no, I've no. known you, you're like, oh, I'm an old man. I'm like, dude, you're like 40. Yeah, well. <laughs> you, you're prematurely aging. Yeah, that is true. There is a bit of that. But <laughs> yeah. um, do you think about what sort of parent you wouldn't want to be? Is there, you know, is there sort of things that have, you've experienced in your life or that you've seen that you've gone, well, I know, mm. I can't define yet what sort of parent I want to be, but in that way of eliminating you oh. know, p- parenting choices that other people make or yeah. that you've what seen. What a wonderful way to wrap it back around to the initial It's thing. almost like I've been You're, paying attention, yeah. <laughs> Becky. Um, uh, look, no, the answer is no. I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, you see some parents and you're like, oh, I wouldn't want to do that. But I think you just got to be natural and um, you, yeah, try not to be anxious. I think that anxiety around um, kids and people seem to get really into like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be too good of friends with all the parents at school. I don't want to know too much about what's happening. I'm like, I'll support you and whatever, but you figure it out a bit. Like I, I, I didn't have that. Like, my parents weren't really, like mum never was really friends with any of the other mums and didn't know when I had stuff due and stuff. And my stepmom's great. She, she's very in my kid, my little sister's lives, but it's like, fuck me. Like it's just, she knows when everything is and like, and, and I don't want to be like that. I kind of um, want to be a bit apart from it. Uh, do you have um, a, a belief system of some kind? Like, do you, uh, the way that I ask this often on the podcast is what do you think happens when you die? Okay. Um, oh, I don't know. It's very hard for me to have an opinion because I'll hear another thing and I'm like, oh, that's probably right. It's very hard for me to, um, so easily influenced by whatever latest theory has been put in front of you. Or vibe. I, I believe that there's energies that, you, you know, like I have had stuff happen where I've, you know, I, I, I do believe that in, <laughs> this is so, one time I was in Mexico, I was by myself for two weeks and I was in a place with no internet um, and I was just doing a Spanish course. And so I had to walk into town to get to the internet and I, so, and I had no one else around me really. And I was just staying on the beach and um, I had a dream that my dad had died. And I went for a swim in the morning and I remembered the dream and I was like, oh God, that was such an awful dream. And then a, a voice said, um, 
your dad hasn't died because I was a bit worried. I was like, maybe my dad has died and I don't know because I haven't been on the internet. They can't get to me. And I had a voice that was like, your dad didn't die, but um, someone's dad has died. And I got out of the ocean, walked half an hour to get to the computer and I opened my email and my one of my very close friend's dad had just p- passed away suddenly. And it was like, when stuff like that happens, it's like, well, something's happening. Like, don't you think? Or is it just I mean, I don't personally, don't but I, I don't believe in. But what, but energy. Yeah. Vibe. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, I love hearing. I mean, the reason I started this podcast was yeah. because I love hearing what people think. Yeah. I myself have a very practical yeah. dairy farmer's son, you know, <laughs> like sort of. But how can you do drugs and, and feel like, you know, when you see stuff and you feel certain ways. DMT, it's like you're seeing shit and it's like, where does that come from? Where does that all go? Um, it's it, the drugs reaction with your brain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, it, I think that, I mean, when you do those sort of psychedelic drugs, yeah. when you do them, not like I'm going to do these drugs and go to a party. I'm yeah. doing this thing as a exploration about the nature of consciousness and yeah. humanity and who I am and all these sort of things. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. When you're in the middle of them, yeah. you're like, well, this is it. I've unlocked yeah. all the secrets of life. I've experienced my <laughs> own death. The world slowed down. I faded out. The world went on. I had a revelation. Yeah. I, everything was in 3D. I went through the filing cabinets. I was res- yeah, yeah. like all that. But don't you think that that's though that the fact that so many people feel that on those drugs or whatever, mm. or, you know, in means meditation that it's or true. Well, not even true, no, but that there's I, a life I think source. it means that the, when you put that drug into your brain, there's a part of your brain that makes those pictures happen in your mind. No, because the drug doesn't give you the pictures. The drug activates something yeah, in your brain. the bit of your brain that gives you yeah, the pictures. Yeah, but the fact that we all have it there, yeah. it's like that's something, that means something. Does it? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it does. I don't know. I, I, no, I, I mean, I'm yeah. open to the idea that it might. And in fact, I'm... There is part of me that's hopeful that there yeah. is more than that. But There's just energies and it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's energies and it's got to go somewhere yeah. is, a, is a pretty good argument. Yeah, that's my argument. <laughs> um, How would you like people to remember you? Um, just as someone who doesn't get – I want people to think I, – I want people to always feel at ease like with me. Like I never want someone to be mad at – you know, like if, if someone cancels a plan, I'm never mad at them. Like, I just want everyone to do what they want to do and I don't care. Like, I'm re- I just, it doesn't irk me. <laughs> I just want people to rem- remember me as a cool, <laughs> chilled out person. What's the biggest <laughs> misconception about you? What do you think that people think about you but um, I isn't think, true? I think people think that I'm mean or uncaring when in actual fact I'm very, very caring and I care, t- I care a lot. And I'm very sensitive to people's um, insecurities and I have them myself. And I suppose I maybe am a smart ass about it because I assume that we're all at that point where we can laugh about it and fuck with each other. And um, maybe people take that the wrong way. But I do, I genuinely like, I cry all the time just thinking about people going about their day and and doing their best. And I'm actually nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Edo keeps calling me the festival bitch, but uh, so. What's, what's your, I mean, I don't mean to, and if this is not something that you're uh, comfortable talking about, please mm. don't, but w- what are you most likely to be insecure about? Like if, um, you know, when it comes for you, mm. when you doubt yourself, what, what, what is that most likely to be? Um, probably that I, 
So if someone was, to, if I was to find out that someone was bitching about me, what would be the most hurtful thing? Yeah. Or, I mean, just what, what where, where is your, inst- like what, yeah, what would be the thing that somebody was saying that you yeah. go, oh, that I actually do find that incredibly hurtful? Um, that, oh yeah, probably that I'm selfish. Mm, yeah. Got some bad news for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With me and the other comics have been bitching about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, I'm insecure about it all. I'm a ball of insecurity in some ways. Uh, what are you really good at? Um, what am I good at? Um, maybe making friends. <laughs> I think you are. I yeah. think you're pretty good at making friends mm. from what I've seen. Yeah. I would like to think that we're friends. We are friends. Yeah. I always have fun hanging out. Yeah, you know, we I think we're friends. More. No, no, that's enough. <laughs> that's exactly the right amount. <laughs> um, so uh, fr- talk to me about friendship, the nature of friendship, because I, I am a person who I think I am a. I'm a, I can be a hard friend mm-hmm. because I can retreat into not wanting to share my life or my issues or what's mm. going on with me with people and, or to burden them with that information or whatever. And, and sometimes in life you've got to, mm. you know, realize that that's actually part of being a friend is yeah. letting your friends be there for you totally. as much as you're like, I think as a friend, mm. I'm someone who feels a lot more comfortable being there for someone else yeah. Yeah. than I am asking someone when that comes from I your need them to, thing. I think it does a little bit. You're like, why, yeah. Why should, why would they ever like, who would, who would care about me? Yeah. Yeah. And why do I deserve yeah. this support? And yeah. you know, who and am I if, to yeah, ask for this? If I burden them, I'm also like a shit person. So yeah. then they might So now I've passed back. it on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That their yeah. friendship with me is dependent on the fact that it's easy and good and fun all the time. Yeah. And I'm if exactly I, the same. And if I add in this element of, oh, mm. now I'm the friend who needs moral support or. Yeah. I'm like that in else. relationships too. Oh, interesting. Like I find it so hard to ask for help or accept help because I'm like, no, I've got to impress them and keep them happy. And I can't take from them because if I take from them, yeah, something they might also abandon me <laughs> because that, I've asked for too much. That one's really interesting to me because mm. I think I'm pretty good. I, I can be guilty of that as well, yeah. which is that idea of going, I want the, the other person to be able to rely on me. Yeah. I want the other person to be able to go, you know, yeah. I'm here for you regardless. Yeah, but, but cannot do I it. do not feel like I deserve that mm. myself. Well, you don't want to be weak or something. You, you're like, yeah. I don't want to. Show them that I'm weak because then they might fully see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> That's enough. That's yeah. enough. <laughs> no, that, yeah, we are getting oh, – oh, look, we are, it actually is enough. We've, oh. we've, we've done our time. Oh, okay. Uh, so we probably should oh, – well, uh, nice chat. Finish up. It was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I guess – I want to ask about the show just briefly so mm-hmm. we can give that a little plug. What's it called? Um, it's called Um Support Me. <laughs> yeah. So where did the title come from? Just, I guess it's just making fun of the fact that every year I, you know, ask everyone to come out and fucking sit there and watch me prance around. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it's a facetious kind of like, mm, support me. And what's, yes. did you, when you're putting together a show, mm. how does it work for you? Do you have an idea of what it is that you want to say or is nah. that you just... Just do bits. And chuck them together. Chuck them together. Yeah. Fill up a bucket. Yeah. It's fun. I like this show. It's, it's, I'm having the most fun 
I feel really silly and um, I reckon I've had the best feedback I've ever had from a show. So it's been good. What's, mm. What is it about this show, do you think, that is working in a, a way that has enabled that? Um, I just think I'm being quite funny at the moment. <laughs> like I just feel like I'm following my instincts a lot and uh, there's a certain element of playfulness that the bits then feel fun and irreverent and I don't know. And do you feel like people also have a bit more of an understanding of what it is that they're coming to see? Yes, or, yeah. Some, yes or some no? nights. <laughs> some nights, yeah. Some nights out there just have seen my face somewhere. Yeah. Um, but no, the crowds have been great. It's well, the, been gro- awesome. the growing pain shows, like mm. that's what, what I refer to that as, where like someone goes from, I remember seeing Edo one year just doing this amazing show and then the next year it was like, I went on a night where 90% of the room had only ever seen her on Have You Been Paying yeah, Attention? And so they loved hard. her, but... But they don't get her. But they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I didn't yeah. know it was going to be this. Yeah, that's happened actually a few nights this, this run where it's... Yeah, clearly people were just having a look. And uh, and it sucks because like, I know what I'm saying is funny for people who kind of get it. But then, you know, most of the time it's great. Also, it's really fun to make those people who are having a look like you right. as well. That's really satisfying. Yeah, well, that's the trick. Mm. Well, Sorry. Becky Lucas, where's it on? Oh, Max Watts. You've had some extra shows at yeah, Max Watts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, come along. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know if you can get it. Um, maybe there's some tickets left, but they're mostly sold out at Swiss Club. Um, and then Watts. what happens after that? Sydney Comedy Festival? Sydney Comedy Festival, yeah. Where are you playing in Sydney? Uh, the Comedy Store and then the, the Factory Theatre, the main room. So okay. please come along. Brilliant. For that. It's quite big, really. And, and anything then, else after that? Uh, like New Zealand, if you're a New Zealand listener. Yeah, there's plenty. Oh, there's cool. plenty of New Zealand yeah, listeners. Come so along. go and see Becky. And then I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Overseas? <laughs> Are you a, like, what's your sort of overseas vibe? Where would you, um, where, I, where would you like to point your kind of talents in regard to overseas? Are you a UK person? Are you an America no, person? Are you a... I notoriously don't like the British. Mm. Oh, gee, I wish <laughs> we, I wish we got onto that earlier. Yeah. That could have been a real... Um, no, I, well, I'm going to America in July um, to do some stuff, but... Yeah, I like the States. You like the States too. Mm. I just don't really have any interest in the UK. I never have. But, um, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Thanks for yeah, having we, me. I wanted to make sure we got that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just alienate <laughs> yeah. an entire country <laughs> just yeah. before the end. Yeah, cool. uh, Becky Lucas, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for doing it. You can eat the rest of your bum there. Yay, thanks. <laughs>